What leadership is, is having a vision. Sticking with the big picture. It's all about scale. Making bold decisions. Then we build the companies that actually transform the world. Welcome to the second episode of the Manager's Table podcast, where we talk about all things management and leadership with a focus on engineering managers. In this episode, we are welcoming our very first guest ever to the podcast, Philium Boyer, to talk with us about recruiting, hiring, and strong engineering team. Uh, Philium, you want to give us a brief introduction of who you are, what you do, and why are you here? Yeah, sure. Thanks uh, Thanks so much for having me. Uh, my name is Philium. Uh, I support uh, both uh, UI engineering and uh, streaming client technology orgs. Um, let's see, why am I here? Yeah. Why am I here at Netflix? Well, maybe at Netflix or just to share your question. wisdom on the podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. Like, <laughs> why, why, what do you bring into the table? Let's see, why am I here? Um, I think the role of the engineering manager in hiring is extremely important. I think the partnership between engineering managers and recruiting partners are even more important. Um, and so I'm here to just you know, help answer any questions and help educate people on what that partnership should look like and what success looks like there. Right on. That's well said. <laughs> so why is it so important? That's a great like yeah. question because a lot of people think in a lot of different companies, they play engineering, like recruiting happens outside of them. And mm-hmm. then like a person just magically shows up yeah. and then, but Netflix is a little bit different. So why yeah. is it so important here? I think it's important because A lot of times when you're recruiting and trying to find someone, some managers tend to have this picture of what they want, right? They Mm -hmm. want almost like this purple squirrel who has a unicorn (laughs) horn. Don't we all want that? Yeah. And a lot of times, you know, that doesn't actually exist. Mm -hmm. And so they have these super high expectations. And then the recruiter ends up spinning their wheels trying to find this person and trying to make the manager understand what the market actually looks like. So it's super helpful when the manager is actually part of the search and actually doing the search themselves so that they could actually understand what the market market looks like and they could be a little bit more realistic. And you also might pivot too, is like, I know I've definitely started at like thinking I want a certain type of person, realizing that they may be that unicorn or I start to pivot and prioritize like what are the things that I want. And I think that constant engagement back and forth with like a, a manager and recruiting partner can be very, very helpful helpful. I also think it, I don't like the method, like exactly what you're alluding at, Jared, where it's like, just leave it to recruiting. They'll, they'll find great people. <laughs> they'll find people. It's like, they will, yeah. but I feel like it's so important to have a strong engineering team that if you're not putting that as a priority, I think that's a huge miss. And like, you yeah. should be hitting the ground and like finding the right people and working together on that, like all hands on deck type of feeling. Yeah. So, so what does it look like when a manager is engaged? Like what, when, when you set up that first meeting uh, and a manager says like, Hey, I got to hire somebody. Uh, what do you want them to, to come with? Yeah. Like what are the best things that um, they can help you I with? I think especially for that first meeting, this may sound like it's not a big deal, but it really is. Have that JD ready. <laughs> have <laughs> yeah. it ready. Have the job yeah, description have ready the to job go. Description ready because what that shows us is that you've already taken the time um, to think some of these things through that you're looking for, and it's almost like a great kickoff for us because we could look at it together and really go kind of like through the entire thing of what it is you're looking for. At that time, we could tell you like, this isn't really realistic, or this is or maybe you're not looking deep enough, right? So I think having something written down is actually really helpful to look at together. Um, And then another thing is, is also having 
them come to the table already thinking about where could this person potentially be? Because sometimes you're gonna have more insight than the recruiter, right? Because you're, you already have friends who are working at certain places, you are you've so should have already been talking to people. Mm-hmm. And so I think coming to the table already having thought of those things is super helpful. So should I come like with um like LinkedIn candidates like that I've that I think would be good for the role or not not necessarily the the specific candidates maybe profiles. Yeah, I mean sure that could be helpful, but I think um more so just having a good idea of, of what you want. Yeah. I just realized I'm probably not the best partner. I don't think I've ever come with a job description ready to go. <laughs> Most don't. <laughs> Most don't. You do have, you know, some who are really thoughtful about it. And, you know. Jared, do you do that? Um, don't lie. Sometimes. Like, I think I, I fall into the camp of, like, let's build the relationship first yeah. and talk about it. I generally do have profiles already selected out of the, the type of person that I want. Yeah. Um, and I've probably already done a little bit of groundwork networking. But I mean, same like you. You always do uh, this constant, like, I have four or five people around that I want to hire. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's the the thing that I try to express in that first meeting is like, I think I have this, but um, we will kind of limp into it as a go, probably a little lumpy. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I like to always start with understanding, like even before I'm meeting with recruiting is like thinking about what do I need on my team? What am I missing? What's the projects that are coming down the pipe? Like, what's the roadmap look like? What am I missing to in order to achieve something down the line? And sometimes I don't know, like that, that can be really yeah. difficult to always know. But really trying to understand like even looking at my team and what are the skill sets and like what's something new that can be brought to the table like what is something that I'm missing or maybe that would really highlight someone else's expertise and work well together and so I try to think through those scenarios but I also one thing I've tried to do and maybe I'm feeling you can like say if this is good or bad but I also don't like to be very prescriptive like I've definitely sat in meetings where Uh, like recruiting meetings where another manager um, has typically been like, okay, I want to go look at other companies like Facebook and Google. Like I want to find someone from there or I want to find someone who came, went to the certain school or has come from this certain background. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I've been asked this from recruiters is like, oh, what kind of schools should we look at? What other companies? And I'm like, all of them. I I feel like it's so hard to be that prescriptive and I feel like that's narrowing the funnel way too quickly. Yeah. Um, so that's usually been my approach and I feel like I'm not necessarily as good of a partner because I'm like, hey, just like everyone, like let's let's get everyone in the door and like yeah. let's figure out what that right person looks like. I do think that um, you should be open, right? Like the funnel should be kept pretty open early on um, so that you're talking to um, a lot more people and just seeing a lot more people because I think the more people you speak with, the better idea you have of what you're looking for, right? It's almost like it helps to calibrate you and helps to calibrate um, what it is we should be looking for. Um, I think advice that I give to all engineering managers is to not be so narrow-minded coming into a search. Um, Some of the best hires we've made are people who didn't look great on paper or who didn't fit the bill on paper. Absolutely. And then we just took the chance and decided, well, we're gonna network with them anyways just to see if they could be a fit here. And then we ended up hiring them for that team. Um, so I think that's that's advice that I would give to people. I like that you do keep it open. What's hard for recruiting is, you're right, is when you keep it open, it's like, 
oh, it's the whole wide world. Yeah, like you didn't you didn't help me in my job. You're just like, great. Now I have a ton of work to go do. Yeah. Or you're just saying no, 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 no. Right. As they're going yeah. through, yeah, the yeah and hard. that can be really tough too. The tax so, is hard for you. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I think so. It sounds like too, like you, you really enjoy as like a partnership between managers and recruiting. Like it's really important to have a partnership and not just be one sided. Yeah, for sure. What do you guys expect from recruiters? Like, what do you guys think a great partnership looks like? Um, that's a great question. I think of it as like, yeah, I mean, it's a partnership. It's a back and forth. Like, where can we both work together where, you know, I'm happy to do reach outs as well as I hope the recruiter is. And same thing as interviews is like taking the phone screens, but also, you know, helping me to take like I should be doing them as well. I think it goes both ways. Also telling me what I could be doing more and like sharing that load is like pushing me and holding me accountable, I think is really important too. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's like almost like speed dating for a little bit or like a little t- uh, little marriage. Um, the recruiter definitely brings a focus that you have because they're doing this day in and day out and helping you see what's actually outside of your org. And so uh, what I really love is when a recruiter is like, you should be also thinking about this or kind of sharing insights that they've found or discovered um, that are working well that maybe I have forgotten about because I only recruit when I have a role open, right? And so then I, it's kind of like restarting that prime. I mean, we do networking all the time, but that 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 I'm recruiting or I'm hiring uh, is, is a kind of a, a special skill that you have to return on. And, and especially as it ends to closing, right? Like when, when you're closing the recruiting, the recruiting partner plays a very valuable part of, of helping you understand uh, what's important for that candidate and how you can communicate uh, the value that you're gonna bring in this opportunity. Yeah. I think that's the most important part is at the end is like thinking about this candidate candidate as a whole is I know that recruiting has that picture a lot better than I do. And they're thinking about all these details in more depth and saying, hey, Ryan, make sure that you follow up on this, this and this. Yeah. Or like I've talked to them about this and they still have concerns. Um, and I think those things can be really helpful. And to your point, Jared, I think you should always be recruiting. Yes. I, I know your net, the networking <laughs> part there, I, I get that, but it's also like, I always look at it as, and I think this is where we fail as managers sometimes is we often wait for that open job role. And yeah. if, if I don't have it, then I just drop that as a priority. I, I think always keeping it on your roadmap is so important. And if I, we're at Netflix is like, <laughs> we have, we have a lot of yeah. roles open yeah, yeah, and absolutely. you know, you might have a smaller company where you're not always hiring, but it, the networking part should at least be there. Yeah, I think yeah. it should always still be in the back of your mind how you can um, better build out your team and what skills might be missing that you know you guys should be looking for to shore it up. Um, you're probably not going to spend thirty to forty percent of your time on it when you don't have an open role. But I think still taking calls or having yeah. coffee with people like once or twice a week yeah. is a great cadence, so that when you do have an, a role open, it's not like you're reinventing the wheel or starting from scratch exactly and that's what i meant by like recruiting and networking networking i know like, i just wanted like, to call you out my did, oh my gosh when you think of hiring on your team jared how important does that fall into your realm of a when you think of your job as a uh, manager what's like how where does recruiting and hiring fit uh, it is probably one of the most important things that i do as a manager and i think Part of the thing is, is I'm always re-recruiting the people that are, are currently on my team. 
And so I do think about that as like I'm giving out projects and making sure that they have the right opportunities. And then when something there is an opportunity or I need space on my team to fill a gap, um, I'm also recruiting in that way. So I think I in that fact, I'm always trying to fill that space um, so that it's not like I don't get out of touch with it too far. Right. Uh, do you feel that kind of the same? No, I feel. Way? I think you put that really well. So I think it's it is one of the utmost important things, and that you're constantly thinking about that. And it's how can you help your team? Well, it's bringing other talented engineers to work with. What do you guys tell um, individual contributors who want to become managers? Like about this, because I think there's a, a lot of question. misconception around what it is to be a manager, especially a hiring manager, and how important that is. There's a lot of different things that. I begin to think about when I say like one of them is asking them why. Uh, so kind of understanding and helping or getting context as to why they want to become a manager. Because a lot of people um, say, uh, I want to be a manager because I want to control a project or because I want more scope or because I want X, Y, Z that have nothing to do with people. Like, right. Uh, ultimately, you are becoming a, a shepherd or um helping people grow their careers and uh, taking a part of the business and helping that move forward. And so like uh, I had, I stole this from Nick Caldwell who has this little test. He says like, do you love people or do you love technology? And then, you know, that kind of out spits out the answer, right? Like, because if somebody says I love technology, like we all know, as soon as you become a manager, you, you start getting, you know, further and further away from the technology and making those decisions. Although we love to to give guidance. Well, when I was, you know, putting punch cards in, like, <laughs> like it was so easy. So why is it easy for you? Like bad management 101. Right there. Start yeah. with, the question, yeah, start with why, the question of why. And really understanding the motivations. I always worry that some people are feeling like it's the natural thing to do is to go into management is like, like, that's, like that's, that, that has to be the next steps yeah. to grow my careers. I exactly. have to be a manager. And I totally disagree with that. Unfortunately, some companies that might actually be true is like, if you want to, to grow sc scope and grow pay, like, I mean, that pay that, could, that could important. be it. And yeah. I, I don't think it should be that way, especially in engineering. You can be an amazing engineer. That doesn't mean anything that you're going to be a good manager. I felt like I was a strong engineer, but when I went into management, I was a super junior manager. Yeah. It's like you start all over. It's yep. like yeah. it's, you're it's dealing a with a whole, yeah, it's a different role. skill set. Yeah. And yes, I still am very close to the technology side. Like I always say, I, I don't think I would like to be like the manager of say like a design team is like, I like design, but that's not what I'm passionate about. I still want to be leading engineering teams and like that's what I'm passionate about. So it's a balance. You you still get to stay yeah. close to the technology, yeah. but it's not the utmost important thing. It's the people. Absolutely. When you are uh, moving towards the candidates, like as candidates come and interview at Netflix, what should they be thinking about? Um, you know, one of the, the big things is is you don't fill out a job. Just, you don't fill out a application mm -hmm. like right like other companies and like we're not going to ask you to do that. So so how do I get? you know, apply for to Ryan's job or how do I get in touch with you? I mean, there's a lot of different ways you can I mean, get There's it. always the old school way of just applying. Applying, yeah. that's one. Yeah. yeah. I, for me, like, I love talking to people and just starting there. And so sometimes it's even like, I've, I've had all different realms of that. Like whether I meet someone at a meetup or conference or, I mean, I get people message me on Twitter yep. or yeah. LinkedIn. And sometimes it's just like a casual call and like, let's talk about like things that they're working on and things that we're working on. And I think sometimes that can be very, very valuable just to even start there. It's like even before I think of applying to this company, 
is this somewhere I want to be? Like, I want to mm -hmm. get some information on it beforehand. And so I think there's many ways that you can do that. When you guys are interviewing candidates, what are you guys looking for in terms of if this candidate were to have this, like this, what is that? What is that spark? Do you recognize it when you see it? Can you even describe it? It's very hard to describe. It is. Like, I, yeah. I mean, to me, it's like I always, and this sucks that, but yeah. I, I say it is sometimes it's just a gut feeling. And yeah. that's what makes it really hard is you're like, okay, this person seems great. And he, like, it's really hard to put like, well, they checked all these boxes. That's, yeah. that's not it. I think that's the really, really hard thing. Yeah. I, I think I still fall in love with, you know, the recruiting process and I get excited like Christmas day. Like, I mean, I've gone to Philly and like, this one's going to work. She is going to be great. <laughs> I know it. I know it. And I get heartbroken. Rubbing your hands. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, we're going to hire this person. <laughs> and so uh, it, it's, it's, it's not anything. I think the thing that I do focus on though, when I look for a candidate is, is passion around the job description or, or what they think they want to get out of this job. Um, and I'm looking to see if they're going to be a fit. Uh, you know, it's often talked about inclusion, like, but like, are they going to fit within the team? And not just like, are they going to be a team fit or do they fit our culture? But like, what are they bringing that is going to push our team into the next direction, right? And to make our team better. So I am always looking for candidates that, that, that kind of have a perspective on who they are and and how they can help the team. I think something that sticks out for me when I'm talking to candidates is if they're self-aware and can be um, can be uh, can think critically about things, right? So one of the things that I wouldn't, for lack of a better term, one of the things I hate or don't like is when I talk to a candidate and we're talking about the culture memo mm. and they, they're not thinking critically about it. When I ask them, okay, well, wh what resonated with you? They say all the things that resonated with them. And then when I ask them, well, what didn't, like what gave you pause or what do you think you need help ramping up in? They're like nothing. And I'm like, there's no way there's not one thing in there that you thought really critically about that you want to discuss or have more questions on. Um, and so I love it when I come across those candidates that are vulnerable enough to be able to tell me, yes, this thing gave me pause or I have more questions about this. And then it could lead to a richer discussion about what our culture is really like, um, if it would actually fit in with how they work best and um, if they could be really successful here. So I think when someone comes to the table having really thought that through, that's like, that's like a that's a spark for me like oh they're really thinking this through and they're really um working to understand even their own motivations and why they're making a move or why they would want to work here what other tips would you have as as yeah, i mean vulnerable is being a, a really healthy tip I, I i try to look that for that in interviews uh too is about somebody that you know self-aware yeah. um do you have other tips like because a lot of times we reach out to people and they say like I, I love Netflix. I love, I might love this job. Can I, can I say, um, like I might love other jobs too? Like what should I do? Yeah. Like, I mean, I think the biggest thing oh, is- Oh, as a candidate is, to yeah. say that? Yeah. yeah. I think the biggest thing is, is not to oversell yourself. A lot of times I've had interviews where candidates will, they won't answer the question because they're trying so much to showcase how they could be great for the role, which I get you're in an interview and I get that's, that. That's what you're trying to do. Yeah, I get <laughs> that that's what you're trying to do, but I feel that conversations are more authentic if you can just kind of forget about that, right? Like it's hard to do, I'm sure, like forget that you're in an interview and that you're just across from a person trying to get to know a person. But we have had candidates who are able to do that. And I feel mm. like those are the ones that really yeah. shine and the ones that we end up hiring. 
Um, so that would be like my advice to candidates trying to get in the door and, and wanting to work here at Netflix is to just really be yourself and be okay with uh, being vulnerable with the people that you're speaking with and like truly speaking your mind. Change the topic a little bit is like, what happens if we have a disagreement as a hiring manager and Ooh. recruiting? Oh. Uh, what happens like, so I, I'm really excited about this candidate and Philium, you're not like yeah. there's something that gives you pause. How do you approach yeah. that? And like, wh how should we work together on that? Yeah, I think really the best way is just having a healthy discussion and debate about it and being really clear about your reasons why or my reasons why I don't think this person is right for the role or for the team or for Netflix. Um, I really try to get away from feelings meaning like oh i just feel that way or it's just this feeling i get and stick more to the like concrete actual examples. concrete examples and then i think at the end of the day obviously the hiring manager he's he or she is the informed captain right like you guys are going to make the decision i think our role a recruiter's role and everyone's role that's on the interview panel is just to give you the information you need in which to make that decision what do interviews look like for you Interviews, yeah. what do they look like? Yeah, like, when candidates come in and they want to, can can they can they choose their style of interview? Can they choose like what they want to 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 do? Can they meet the team or have lunch or what? Should they should they express some kind of desire to 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 meet the team or something like? Yeah, that? absolutely. I think to me, I think we should be as flexible as possible. I think everyone's different and. Not having a set process for interviewing, I think, is super important. I think it gives you that flexibility, like, especially in that networking phase. I mean, let's be honest, not everyone's always ready to necessarily jump to a new role or a new team, new new company or whatever it is. And if there are things that you can help answer their questions, and it might answer the questions that they don't want to work there, and that's okay, too. I think of it as, like, if you can be flexible on, like, yeah, you want to meet the team for lunch, like, let's set that up. You want to do a couple calls with some of the engineers on my team absolutely like let's get those back and forth to like so that you can really help someone make an informed decision and along that whole way you're also able to evaluate that candidate as well like you know they're, they're even if it's a casual conversation you're trying to figure out well how do they work with the team and you know they meet the team over lunch what does the team think and you can kind of get these insights along the way and you should never be super prescriptive well we we have to do x y and z just that's the way we do it and and so i think being very flexible. Yeah, I think those are some of my best times when I have a candidate that's really engaged and trying to understand what the team is and not kind of just like, I just want to interview and then give me the offer and then uh, like if they're not asking a lot of questions because it, like this is a life decision. I mean, you spend more time here than probably you spend at home. And so, you know, it's very encouraging when then somebody is curious about, about that. Yeah, yeah, ask questions. There's nothing worse than at the end of an interview and you're like, so do you have any questions? And they say, not really. That was me. You had questions. I, I did. I think, you I, did. You I, had think questions. I think it was at the end of with Jeff. Like he was like, at the end of the day, it was like, hey, Jared, you got any questions? Like, absolutely not. Like you, you just grilled me for eight hours. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, I definitely remember at the end of my day of interviewing and uh, my director, I remember like he came in and had said that like any questions. I think at that point it was probably like, no.
like we're good we're good but i do think it is important throughout the day is like asking questions and um because you're meeting so many people and you can learn a lot about a company by asking questions and i i'm with you philium sometimes i i have a bit of pause when there's like no questions it's yeah you should have some questions like it's it's not enough that i wouldn't hire someone because they didn't ask me questions but it does give me a bit of pause yeah it does like how curious is this person about this role and how much do they really want it and it, it also depends like I try to give them the benefit of the doubt depending on like the time of day and like I get it I get tired too um, but when you're early on in the interview like I come in what like third or fourth or something yep. it's not all day but I get at the end of the day you're probably going to be a little hangry or, or you're going to have had all yeah. of your questions answered yeah. and hopefully in some ways that's actually not a bad thing at the end of the interview if there are no questions i would hope that the whole day gave gave that person insight because to me is like our job on the interviewing side is to also make it great uh experience for the candidates not just about like grilling them about questions it's also for them to understand are we the right people that they want to exactly work with. absolutely people should just be curious about the company and you can tell if they haven't done their research and if you ask them like you know if they say something like oh you guys have the uh episodes too you're like wait you didn't like yes we do movies and tv shows like <laughs> you probably should check that out right <laughs> or they're like when did you guys get originals like you don't want to hear that you want to make sure uh, which I've had somebody say that to me. Sometimes people may not know. Like that is that's okay too. Yeah, it's okay, it, it's yeah. okay yeah. but you want them to be curious about the sure. product yeah. and at least to have, have done some have research. Type Netflix in the Googles, yeah. like or sorry, in the Bing's, <laughs> and uh, had some questions formed about it. Like you know, what is the culture like? You know, tell me how that plays out in your day to day life or things like that. Right. So this podcast is focused on engineering management. I'd love to get your guys's take on what you think makes a great leader. Ooh, that's a tough question. Um, Jared, I, I hate hold up vote you to go. No, I'm playing. I think empathy. I I continue to learn uh, how much empathy plays out in how I communicate, um, how I make decisions, even when they're tough. Like if you're upgrading a position on somebody, uh, if you lead with empathy, it just makes a difference in how you think about it. Um, I think that is what I'm kind of learning on probably my focusing on in 2019 is just to get better and deeper in that. I mean, you know, I think that there's the fundamentals like, you know, are you organized enough? Uh, Do you create clarity uh, for people so they know how to march in a certain direction? And do they understand your vision? And, uh, you know, are you technical enough to ask the right questions? And by technical, that can mean anything towards Can you read the code? Can you do code reviews all the way up until can you write the code? Or do you just ask the right questions? Right? So all of those play a part. But uh, uh, when I think about leaders that I look up to, I, I, I see how empathetic they are in the way in their styles and what they lead. Yeah, I'll echo the empathy is super, super important because I think you are dealing with people and every person is different. It's not as black and white as code. It's not it's not a Boolean value. And I think just to add on too is like clarity, communication, and like setting the right context for your team. I think as a leader, you really have to try hard to scale yourself. I think that is a big thing is like, how do you scale yourself and be there for your team, but also be ahead of things to help support your team, unblock them. And I think the more direction and context you can share with your team so that they can run independent, that's super important. And, And to the technical side, like we are speaking about engineering leaders, I think you do have to be fairly technical. I think it's really important. Um, 
I don't want to be involved on the very tactical of deciding like how to write certain function or something like that because obviously I'm not close enough to it but I think it's still important to be able to ask the right questions and think strategically about what you're doing in leading an engineering team. Yeah, agreed. I think there's also like uh, how do you unblock your team? and understanding where you can create efficiencies for them. So uh, they're struggling, you see them, you know, building a, like jumping through a bunch of hoops to get something done. And you're like, let's build a tool, like rallying them and focusing them um, so that they can become, you know, they can multiply their efficiency by two X. I think, you know, great leaders can see those problems and then attack those problems so that you can get more out of your team without necessarily just saying, I have to make the next hire. Yeah, I think the the key thing is asking the right questions. And I love the word you use, multiplying the intelligence. Um, I think a lot of times uh, people have this misconception that leaders have to always have all of the answers and that they're the ones that have to give the ideas. But it's the really great leaders that are the ones that ask the right questions so that their team is coming up with those great ideas. Even if you have the answer, I feel like as a manager, you shouldn't give it. Hold it back. Let your team figure that out. Make sure that you're asking them the right questions so that they're getting that spark. And that's how you multiply intelligence, right? Yeah. And it's also like you probably don't have the full picture sometimes (laughs) either. Even as a leader, you're trying to see the bigger picture. It's like they're going to be closer to that code. They're going to understand some of the pitfalls that you may not even see. So it is a it's a back and forth of asking questions. I think that's a good way to put it. As we kind of wrap up the episode, I would love to kind of leave hiring managers with advice on what's the best way to grow their teams. For me, it would be talking to the engineers and asking them where they want to go for twenty the the future. I was going to say twenty nineteen, but it it's really is like ask them how do they see themselves if they were going to write a review at the end of the year, and then uh, say then how are you going to get there. And then your my job is to create that opportunity and your job is to go after it. So I don't have to create every opportunity. It's just like, oh, you said you wanted to be here. You said you want to get better at public speaking. There's a JavaScript conference here. Like, do you think you would like to go there and do that? Or we're having one on campus that Ryan is giving. Would you like to do that? Um, those, I think, are the things that I can do um, that are very simple is just listening to them and then creating that opportunity or pointing out the opportunities. How about you? I mean, for me, like I also think of growing the team in the hiring aspect is like always be out there hiring, (laughs) is always be networking, always thinking about, always thinking about that growth of your team and and what you're maybe missing is like, yes, you're always day to day wanting to help support your team to grow, but the people that are there, but then also like, what does the future look like and who am I going to need that's, you know, in six months from now? Yeah. Yeah, I agree with um, everything that you guys have said. Um, I think it's also important to, as you're looking for outside people to join and what you need there, but also think of your current team and what that looks like and um, where the skill sets could be missing and how you can help your current team grow into those skill sets. Because you could already have the this resource is right in front of you. You know, you don't, oh, I you should, don't always I have should, to hire. Something. Yeah. You yeah, yeah like, like, <laughs> talking myself out of a job here, but you don't always have to, you know, just bring in someone new. That isn't always the answer. Um, I always think it's best to look at your team first and see where you can grow there. Yeah, absolutely. Like you want to unlock the potential of candidates. Like some, but sometimes people are afraid to step into an opportunity and you have to just say like, you know, as a manager, like we need this skill set, and I'm not going to hire this. So like, 
you're no, like, like, can you do this? And then sometimes people are like, oh, yeah, this was kind of cool. Like, let me get deeper into that. Thanks so much, William, for uh, joining us. It thanks was a really pleasure. Me. And thanks for being the first guest. Yes. Like, I love it. You, yes. you put trust it. in Jared and I to like have you on. <laughs> yes. All you, the trust, guys. All the trust. <laughs> Thank you. Well, yes. Thank you all for listening to the Manager's Table podcast. You can follow us on Twitter. Uh, you can visit us at managerstable.com. Any last words you want to share, Jared? It's Friday. Go Huskies. Oh, it's my daughter's birthday this weekend. Wow. Awesome. I, I should How say old that. is she? Yeah. She's going to be five. Ooh, wow. see, you almost got me. Yeah. Five. Yeah. Five. That's exciting. Joy Caitlin. Love you. <laughs>